Hey everybody, I'm Alan. I watch a lot of movies. This is Alan Watches Movies. Um, so, last week, uh, I decided randomly that, um, with the new, uh, WandaVision show coming out on Disney Plus, that I was going to sit down and watch all 23 movies of the MCU. Uh, I decided that on um, a Monday or rather, yeah. And, uh, and then I proposed to the audience uh, that I should maybe do a, uh, do a podcast recap uh, of the show, of the, of my experience watching it, uh, and a little insights and thoughts that I have about the various MCU properties. Um, overwhelmingly everyone, literally no one wanted me to not do this episode. Uh, so to the six people that voted, thank you. Uh, uh so this episode is for y'all. Um, so, I decided to watch them in uh, chronological order, uh, as opposed to in their release date order, to see if this would be my first time really sitting down and watching them in chronological, uh, as opposed to release date or bouncing around a little bit, because I will, like, just throw on a Marvel movie from time to time. I'm a big fan. Um mm -hmm. And, um, and so I th decided to throw on, uh, or yeah, so this is my first time watching them in chronological order. Uh, and so for anyone who's curious, I know everybody knows all, I, I would imagine that most people know what, what these movies are. Um, the, so the order that I watch them, it kind of boils down to release date order with a few minor tossles there at the beginning. Um, and I mostly stuck to the chronological order as it's represented on, uh, Disney Plus because they do actually have a little tracking of how to watch them in chronological order. Very cool. Uh, unfortunately they don't have the annoying part. Uh, they don't, you can't just say, watch the next movie. Um, they stick them inside their franchises. So after you watch, say Captain America, the first Avenger, it then suggests to you Captain America, the winter soldier. And that jumps like six movies. So, you can't necessarily follow along on their, just their little clicky thing. You can't, you can't do that. You have to leave the movie, go back to the menu, select the next one. It's very time consuming. Negative on Disney Plus and their, uh, their order. But, for anybody who's curious, the order that I watched them in, essentially, was... Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, then Captain Marvel, 
which because that took place uh, like it starts in 89 mostly takes place in 95 uh then you jump iron man uh incredible hulk then iron man 2 thor uh then you have the avengers um the first team up of them then you go iron man 3 uh actually if I'm not mistaken, Disney Plus has this reversed. Uh, so they do, do Thor the Dark World immediately after the Avengers. Uh, and then they do Iron Man 3. And then they do uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Because Thor the Dark World basically takes place from when Loki gets taken back to Asgard. And then it just that's where it sort of picks up. Uh, with him going into prison. So that's... I think they switched those on Disney. This list that I'm reading these off of... I think is wrong. Because uh, they say that... Thor the Dark World takes place in 2013. It's really more like... Literally right after the Avengers. Based on how I was... When I watched it. Uh, then I did Iron Man 3. Which you could say kind of takes place around the same time as, as Thor, so that's why they're kind of interchangeable, but the way the movies are set up in my head anyway, uh, from watching it, it makes more sense to do Thor The Dark World before you do Iron Man 3. Anyway, then you have Captain America The Winter Soldier. Then you hit my first personal roadblock uh, when it came to watching these movies. <laughs> and that is Captain America the Winter Soldier pretty much parlays directly into Avengers Endgame. Or, excuse, not Endgame, excuse me, Avengers Age Voltron because of the post credit scene. Like, literally, it seems like that post credit scene takes off within the first uh, about six months after uh, Age of Ultron, or excuse me, after The Winter Soldier. Um, but then, because you also run into Guardians of the Galaxy, this is where the problem is. They kind of hit, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, they are a separate thing to the Avengers. They don't, they don't really connect to the universe until, like, it starts getting super cosmic-y. Until, like, really until in uh, Infinity War. Like, you, they don't really connect to anything. They're just sort of there. Uh, I chose to watch them, um, again, as presented on the Disney Plus app. Which is, it goes Winter Soldier, then Guardians of the Galaxy, and then immediately into Guardians of Volume 2. Uh, which takes place about a couple months after the first one. Uh, and then, and then I went into Age of Ultron. I you could really do Guardians anywhere in the timeline, if you watch it. They're a free reign. Uh, you really, or at least any time after... I would say after Captain Marvel, if you watch them in this order, because uh, Star-Lord's whole thing is him essentially being like a child of like the 80s and, and, and uh, stuck in that sort of brain. 
Um, so you could plug it in anywhere. You really could if you wanted to. Uh, then, uh, uh, then after Age of Ultron, I went Ant Man. And then after Ant-Man, it sends you into uh, Captain America Civil War. So, uh, after Civil War, you're hit with a little bit of another roadblock because the two movies that follow, again, basically... Uh, one is not on Disney+. Plus. You have to kind of... You have to own this one yourself. Or rent it. Or find it somewhere else. Uh, because... Uh, it's Spider-Man Homecoming, which, uh, again, like the very beginning, the start of the movie is Spider-Man recapping the events of Civil War and his part in Civil War. So it just sort of makes sense to put that in right after Civil War. Black Panther, uh, is after Homecoming, uh, you could... I guess it swap those two because again, I feel like they take place like at the same time. One is taking place in uh, in Queens, and one is taking place in Wakanda. Like the events overlap. Um, then you have Doctor Strange, uh, then Thor Ragnarok, and then. Uh, and then you have Ant-Man and the Wasp, which uh, came out in between Infinity War. But aside from the post credit scene, uh, where it leads into with the snap, as it were, um, revelation in Ant-Man. Because it, it, it's basically taking place around the same time period-ish as the first little stretch of time. In Infinity War. Uh, so I watched it before I watched Infinity War. If for no other reason than I didn't want to split up what is essentially a six and a half hour movie. <laughs> of Infinity War followed by Endgame. Um, and then you wrap it all up with another venture out into Spider-Man with Far From Home. Mm. Uh so, uh, of the things that I recognized or I realized that I thought was interesting as I was watching them in this way, um, like, uh, I, Captain Marvel didn't, I, I don't know, it, it was, I thought it was better placed in chronological order. Um, even though technically, Especially when you bookend it with the the funny post credit scene from Spider Man Far From Home. And I say that because to me it's kind of fun to think about that throughout all of this, theoretically, through every one of these movies, there has been a scroll invasion on Earth. And Somewhere in some of your favorite movies, there maybe some of those superheroes are actually Skrull, and you don't know it. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, other things that I that I thought of, I wanted to think of a way. Twenty three movies is a lot of movies for people to to take in. It really is. 
Um, and I wanted to think of a way to sort of compress the entire 23 movie run into one singular stretch of events where it just sort of like it gets you from point A to point B from the beginning to the end. It doesn't have a lot of filler. There's not a lot to be said about what anything outside of this. Uh, and so that order, I got it down to six movies. I was, I managed to bare bones the entire 23 movie MCU to six main movies, um, which are uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, Iron Man, and then you jump, then you go to the Avengers. Uh, then outside of the Avengers, you then jump to immediately to Civil War. Uh, from Civil War, then you jump from Civil War to um, uh, I, I okay. Then you go uh, from essentially from I went back and found where I wrote it out. So it goes Iron Man, then Captain America, the first Avenger, then the Avengers, then Civil War, then Infinity War, and then Endgame. That's all you need. You don't really need the bulk of the rest of it. Um, it does eliminate a lot of really great, fun movies to eliminate those six. And maybe once you watch those six and you get an idea of the general story arc, you can then go back and find out who your favorite characters are and revisit where they came into play into being. But the main gist of the MCU, or at least the infinity saga, as this stretch of movies is being called or dubbed. Um, cause that's what it's based on in the comics. <laughs> is uh it is the relationship between Iron Man and Captain America those two men and the way that their lives change and they evolve as people like there's not a lot of character evolution out in in like the other MCU characters um, but because these are the two characters that really are there essentially from movie one to movie 23, um, you just like, those are the two men that who have their lives and uh, their, who they are change and evolve as the movies go on, uh, to give you an idea, Iron Man starts out as this, uh, womanizing, sexist, opportunistic, warmongering dick. And at the end of this whole saga, he is a family man who cares so much and real about the other people involved that he knows what he really truly wants in life and he's not he he no longer feels that urge to risk everything because he has everything. He has what he wanted. He has his family. He has all of this. He doesn't want to risk all of that for monetary gain or 
personal personal gain uh he he suddenly is a very heartwarming character who is touched and and has developed and grown into this this much better man uh as it were who then sacrifices himself for the greater good of the entire world. Um, the Iron Man from Iron Man, or the Tony Stark from Iron Man, would not make the decision that Tony Stark in Endgame makes. Uh, like that's just I I don't I tr- fully believe that that like that character he needed to go through everything he needed to come to grips with losing his dad. He needed to uh, develop a better love of humanity and see through Cap's like brain and thought process and be, and suddenly become less selfish and realize that it's not all about him anymore. It's about the greater good. That's so that that like that to me that's at least a light gist of Tony's character arc. Cap's is a different thing entirely because Cap is already a Boy Scout. Cap, but Cap is a man lost and uh, displaced through time, who doesn't have a home of his own. Uh, he so the entire just of all of his movies and through the movies are talking about the things that he missed out and um his true love and finding himself and not necessarily taking a break from all of the 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 life-saving stuff but rather just being a man lost in his own like he's not of this world because he is, he should have died a long time ago, uh, as it were, or at the very least, he shouldn't be like the super soldier anymore. He needs that love of his life that he missed out on. That's the one thing that he's always searching for is the love and the people around him. So watching him, you know, realize at the end of, like, there's little hints of and little things that they talk about through the movies that I didn't pick up on until this rewatch about that basically planted little breadcrumbs of Cap's decision to, when he travels back in time, to, you know, return the Infinity Stones to exactly where they were taken. Uh, and so... He would, uh, like, they talk about the, the, the missed dance, owing him a dance and wanting to slow dance with the, with Peggy and the love of his life and missed opportunities for this and for that. And to know that he saw that opportunity to have that, to slow down, to take in life and, and like it just it's a beautiful arc like his arc is also very heartwarming and touching and um so to see those two very cool and i'm ex- so that's that's why those are my six movies i'd love to hear 
what you guys think uh, on how you would pare down the the MCU and introduce it to someone who doesn't necessarily like it. Uh, I tried to get it down to even fewer than six, but there's like those those plot points, those character those character beats are necessary, I think, in those six movies that I picked. Um, especially because you can't have Infinity War without Endgame. You just, you can't. <laughs> no, nothing against those two movies. Uh, it's really one movie. Um, the other thing that I, so I, I did some, uh, some, some more surveying, I guess, uh, of my friends. Uh, and I also looked up things on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't even really like Rotten Tomatoes, but I used it. Um, my, so my friends, the overall, the top two movie favorite movies in the MCU, uh, tied with four votes each, uh, Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok. Not bad decisions. Not bad. They're they're um, they're both very good movies. Um, and then the overwhelming, the bottom two, but really, like Thor: The Dark World had the most uh, votes for least favorite. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron also the on the bottom side of things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, scientifically, I was curious, um, cause again, this is super not important or interesting to anyone but me. <laughs> I wanted to know if, uh, watching them in this chronological order, all of them over the span of a week and a half would, um, change my opinion on the movies which ones are my favorites which ones are my least favorites uh i so i i went through the process i ranked them myself uh fun fact those two movies that i listed as my favorite or as my friends favorites are also um they're pretty high the most uh rotten tomato scores uh, Black Panther has the highest at 96%. Uh, and Iron Man, the first Iron Man, uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah, those two are tied for second with 94%. The lowest rated ones are uh, Thor the Dark World and The Incredible Hulk. Uh, 66 and 67 percent. Uh, those are the only ones in the 60s. Um, after that, the lowest is going to be 72 with Iron Man 2. Just a little bit of a, some information, but I was curious what again if my my personal opinions of the movies would change. Um, pre this watch through to, uh, to afterwards. And so before the watch through my, before this watch through my favorite movies, uh, my top five, I'll give you my top five 
were Captain America the Winter Soldier, Black Panther, um, Captain America Civil War, Infinity War, and Thor Ragnarok. Those were my top five. Now, uh, and I think I picked those, like, in general, I think there are a few things where, like, they were hit or miss. The bottom five were... Uh, the Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Iron Man 2, and Thor the Dark World. Uh, I would say, so with Doctor Strange, I just thought it was, the story was kind of blah and not super interesting. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think, relied too hard on comedy and it sort of changed the way Drax was, which really irked me. Like, he went from this really great, um, like, sort of vaguely autistic, like, on definitely on the spectrum uh, of autism character, to just being real dumb. <laughs> like, he changed so drastically between the two movies that it's impressive and it's crazy because they're written by the same person. Like they're written by the same person. They're directed by the same person. It's amazing how this one character changed so much between two movies. Uh, so that bothered me. <laughs> uh, I, it's, I, well, I can't lie about that. Uh, after the watch through, uh, my top five changed actually quite considerably. Uh, I still have Captain America Winter Soldier at one. Uh, then I have Captain America Civil War. Then I have Avengers. Then I have Infinity War. And then I have Endgame. Um, in game, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more because I uh, in detail about this. But uh, and then my bottom five, my bottom five didn't change a ton, but it did change a little. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Iron Man Two, uh, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor: The Dark World. Not a ton of change. Uh, the Incredible Hulk drop three spots um yeah those those are the main thing of avengers age of ultron i think was too snarky and joss whedon laid too much on his joss whedon-y stuff uh really pulled me out of it and i w will admit that i might have been swayed a little bit by my friends talking about how much they didn't like it uh, but also just in the watch through it didn't seem Super pertinent, aside from introducing um, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Or, Scarlet Witch, yeah, Scarlet Witch, Vision, and in some extent Quicksilver, but not really, because they killed him real fast. Um, but, with my top... Uh, with my top five, what I found most interesting was that the Avengers jumped up into that they jumped five spots i had it at my eight going into it and then i think nostalgia kicked in when like that first 
the the smoothness of the way the story was told um and like while the snarkiness in age of ultron is th- like that joss whedon feel to it is there it's still the like the beats in this one are so much cleaner so much better so much more inspired um like the colson stuff the like colson's death and the like that's just that shot. It's the shot. The the spinny circle shot where Iron Man lands and suddenly they're all there. Like that very cool. Uh the smoothness of the story, the the sh- the length of the movie. I mean, admittedly, they're all very long, but the length of the movie still got me. Um a little bit of the ways. And then the biggest jump. The biggest jump was Avengers Endgame. Uh, of move of my movies, it jumped five spots because I had it at number eleven. And again, eleven is not a bad number, especially out of twenty three. That's in the top half. It's in the top half. Like, and again, I love pretty much all of these movies, even the movies that I don't like. Those bottom five, I would still probably watch again. Like, I don't have a problem watching them. That's the beauty of these movies. Like. They're all movies that you can watch. They're all fine. They're all fine. No matter what, they're fine. They're not like, but but in uh, game, in game jump those six spots um, because I don't know, maybe th- with this watch through as opposed to the the first the first time I saw it or my th- original thoughts on it. Um, again, it has those moments. It's that culmination. It's that closure that you want in a movie. Like you don't get a ton of closure in this series. As a friend of mine is very fond of saying, Marvel movies are all act two. Um, there's no, like there's, there's no death really. There's no, like there's no progression. The story is just the fighting. And the growth that happens is through the entire thing. And I think he's right. Uh, but I do find the end game had a lot of closure, had a lot of growth, um, had some great moments. The, um, the scene where everybody comes back from being, uh, dusted, uh, all of the heroes just Countless that just they when Falcon first chimes in with on your left, and then and then uh, T'Challa and Okoye Okoye and Shiri walk through the portal, and like then their armies walk through, and it's just so like I get chills just thinking about it. But like when that moment happens in the movie, it just I don't know. It did something special to me. It tingled. Uh, uh, and like, it's hard to deny that as a, as a movie, like, or as a, as something that makes a movie f- good. I want a movie that's going to make me feel good. And I, I didn't purposefully put infinity war and Endgame right next to each other. Um, but at the same time, like I said, several times, you can't, take the two of them away from each other you can't separate them like 
you can't just watch Infinity War. I mean, you can, but like, why would you? Um, like, it's not necessarily. Like, sometimes it gets the the uh, the Empire Strikes Back treatment from some fans, where people are like, "No, it's the." Because it's got the downer ending, it's got all of this stuff, it's where the bad guys win, quote-unquote win. Um, you can't, like, it's the Empire Strikes Back of the MCU. And there's a difference, I think, between... For me, there's a difference between Empire and uh, Infinity War. And I think... Part of that is because when I watch Infinity War, like, I knew, I knew that there was going to be another movie, uh, and I, like, you knew that there was going to be repercussions, and you knew all of this other stuff. But also, like, the fact that, and again, I'm sorry that I'm spoiling things, but these are the MCU, and I think when they're the highest grossing movies on the planet, I think I'm free to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> uh, the shocking part in Infinity War, for me, is when, uh, so who got snapped. Um, not necessarily that the bad guys won, it's that who was left over. And I think that's the most telling part of it, because... And I wish I had somebody on the show with me right now to talk about this with and get other people's opinion on it. But, sorry, you guys just get me talking. Uh, like, having, like, because they had just, like, at the time when it was released, right? At the time when the movie was released, you had, you had just had Black Panther come out. You had just reintroduced Spider-Man to the MCU. Um, you had just created these environments and these movies where you, like, like people are excited to hear about these. People are were ex- expecting them to be the new Avengers and expecting them to be what, uh, what beats Thanos in the end. And then you go and kill them. Uh, and you're left with those, like, the, but they're the character, but the characters that you're left with are the characters with the most story to tell, with the most emotion and attachment to the fans. And at the first time I, when I first saw Infinity War, I was mad because they killed Spider-Man and they killed Black Panther. And, uh, I didn't necessarily care that they killed Bucky. I still don't care that they killed Bucky. It's going to be real hard to make me like Winter Soldier. It really will. Like, I love the movie. The character can fuck off. Uh, uh, Falcon, on the other hand, Falcon can do no wrong. Um, but, like, they killed off all of these characters that you, that you just fell in love with. And it sort of felt at the time when it came out that they were like resting on their their proven guys to get them through to the end and really it's because the proven guys are the ones that had the story to tell this was the end of their story this was their end game 
This was their this was yeah this was their end game. Meanwhile, the guy, the new guys, this is just a blip on their radar. <laughs> I called it a blip. Um, it's the it's the start of their story. So it's a, it's going to be interesting where and how it's going to tell because they have to like four characters like Black Panther. Black Panther is going to be the next one is going to be interesting for no other reason or for multitudes of reasons, not the least of which is Chadwick Bosman's death and how that's going to affect it. But really it's like, like that character has to go through something even more traumatic than Endgame, like, or than than what happened to him in Infinity War. You have to build off of that. Um, the relationships between Ant Man and the Wasp, interesting. Doctor Strange, like Doctor Strange, is a character that, for all intents and purposes, in the first movie. Like, you don't really get an attachment to. He becomes a true, like, full character through what happens to him in Infinity War and then his comeback in in Endgame. Like, that builds off of that. And that is why, I mean, Doctor Strange, aside from Endgame, by the way, uh, did have the second highest increase in in spots i I took it in 20 like i said i think it was yeah it was in my bottom five and it jumped all the way to 15 i jumped five spots um and a lot of that is tied to visuals a lot of it was tied to the the way the story moved through the whole saga I think that's another part that really played into the adjustment of my rankings is the way everything played together. Uh, like the incredible Hulk. That's a movie you don't need to watch Thor, the dark world. Aside from the introdu- introduction of the ether, you don't need to watch that movie. Iron Man two, same thing. You don't really need to watch it. <laughs> like there are movies that you could do, like you don't need, um, but the more importance to the trilogy, you'll notice, and I just noticed, that, I mean, yes, I have Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man is in my 11 spot. Again, just outside of the top 10. But those those six movies that I said were the most, uh, that, that were my favorites, are, they're all the lowest ranked one. The lowest ranked is Iron Man, and it's at 11. Like, the movies that had the most importance, I think, played a huge role in the movies, uh, in um, in in me liking them through this saga. When you watch it as a standalone, yeah, Doctor Strange is probably my 20th favorite uh, <laughs> MCU movie. But as part of the way the story is told and the way it evolves... It's 15. That's a huge jump. Again, 23 movies you're talking about here. It's still in the bottom half, but like, it's still like, again, I would watch all of these movies tomorrow. Um, if I could. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I'm kind of, but 
Um, yeah, so I'm excited for, I don't, I'm not going to stay up till midnight. I can't stay up till midnight and watch an hour of WandaVision. I can't, I, I'm an old man. My body doesn't let me do that, but I look forward to tomorrow morning waking up and watching WandaVision. Uh, the whole thing is just like the, the pieces of the MCU really come together when you watch them all this way in chronological order. Even if I had watched them and see again, Captain Marvel is weird, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I love the MCU. I think is what it's going to boil down to. And I know it's not for everybody, but it is one of those things that, um, I just, I can't get enough of it. Um, so, uh, if, and I, again, I can't wait for it. Uh, if you would like, anyway, that's it. That's it. I've talked for 41 minutes. Nobody wants to listen to me talk for an hour about car, uh, comic book movies. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for listening to this special uh, MCU edition of Alan at the Movies. Uh, if you would like to tell me tell me your thoughts about the MCU, you can find us on uh, Instagram and fa- and Facebook at Alan at the Movies. You can email me at alan.brand at gmail.com. You can also please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do all those things that all the other podcasts tell you to do. I don't, I don't, yeah. You do you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so thank you guys for again for listening. If you guys want me to do another deep dive into a... Uh, a series of movies. I would be more than happy to do that again. This was fun for me. Um, and I will see you guys the next time I watch, uh, a whole bunch of movies, I guess. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.